Welcome back to today's episode. It is April 14th, and we are speaking about Them, Them Covenant, Season 1 of the Them Anthology series, created by Jordan Peele? No. Little Marvin? Yes. I thought if you were going to say Jordan Peele, because this feels exactly like a Jordan Peele like show and movie, like his Get Out and Us. Yeah, Keegan-Michael Key, right? No. No? No. He was actually in Get Out. Yeah, you said he was. Yeah, like, he was one of the basketball players. Yeah, at the very end that she was right, looking up yeah, on the on the Google images, like she wasn't trying to pick her next target, right? No, she was. See, that's what confuses me because Daniel Kaluuya was not one of the Google images from before. Well, if that's yeah. how she picks her people, it's not like she went online and saw him. He wasn't well, a famous I think athlete. Sure, both. I think like maybe. I think she was just being weird. <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> the point of the, <laughs> film. Sort of the point. Yeah. <laughs> But religious covenants are what you probably think of when you hear a title like Them Covenant. But in the context that we're talking about, we're talking about restrictive covenants, which were contracts in the mid-20th century that placed uh, different restrictions on land and made it difficult, if not impossible, for African Americans to purchase or lease or occupy property because of neighborhood associations who are racist scum duels. Right, they, they show that at the beginning in text. They say that around, I believe, 1932 or even 1918 to around the 1970s is when African Americans from South America kind of started to move to the Midwest, and it was called the Great Migration. Yeah, the Great Migration. And the episode you watched was Welcome to Compton, because that's where they're going. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, Compton, California. Compton, California, which is now notoriously not just a white-centric place, but back then was like very hardcore right. stubborn white exactly monopoly. When, when they're when they were driving there all you see is just white people and they all are staring at it, it was very much get out like the scene where daniel kaluuya i guess walks upstairs and everyone quiets down that's what the scene reminded me of because this black family is driving in this neighborhood and just everyone is staring at them and so that takes up the first how many minutes i would say probably first like five minutes after the intro that's so their intro after the intro of the show is just yeah well well, basically, I mean, it starts off with Dale Dickey, who is someone from Breaking Bad and a ton of other stuff. The person who tipped the ATM over. She was an unbelievable. Yeah, she, she's mad at a ton of stuff. And she starts she, off... She plays a good racist. Yeah, she... she I wonder she, if that's a compliment for your, like, well, resume. She speaks to Lucky, who is the main uh, character, character yeah. in the show. and this She's is, part of the Emery's. This is right after, I believe, Gracie has been born, one of her children. And, um just kind of Dale Dickey she's speaking she didn't have a name her name was woman in the show um but she starts singing this incredibly racist songs and it's one of those scenes where it starts off uncomfortable but just gets increasingly more so to the point where uh Dale Dickey starts saying can I have your baby when she starts hearing the baby and then Lucky's like my husband's about to come home you know if you don't leave soon you're going to really have like a hard time and then it cuts to the great migration where the whole entire family is moving in the car gracie is already older and she has a older sister named ruby even though you've only watched the first episode we're probably going to be talking about the series as a whole because it deals with racism the entire time you've got this horror anthology which has already been greenlit for another season Uh Uh, you, you mentioned it's about an African-American family, the Emery's, in the 1950s moving to Compton and facing just severe, barbaric, 
racism insane for racism. 10 episodes straight. Yeah, in fact, it says, one of the parts I really liked is right before it cuts to them as the intro, it says, like, what happens in the following happens to them in the next 10 days, and then it turns to, like, a blood-red coloration, which they do throughout the episode. It's very much an us-versus-them mentality, so when people saw us come out on the theaters and then saw this them... It definitely right. they drew that connection. I believe Ruby is in us. Yes. The, yeah, the, the younger daughter, but not the youngest. Yeah, and in most of the episode, as we've kind of talked about, talks about Beth, who's the main racist in the town. She I believe is the main antagonist. Yeah. So the first episode is called Day One, but the second episode is called Day Three. So does this yeah, take they, over they go two through days? Day, two days, yeah. Two days. And they in the say first exactly when that happens. Um, but they come up with ideas. They show you the clock going from eleven fifty nine. No, to it's more, it's more day and then like a Roman numerals one and then Roman numerals. The only two. the only show I'm used to seeing day one, day two, or like that type of format is twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah, but here they like the white people are just trying to find a way to get them out. So they're thinking about like poisoning the dog with a bleach covered bone. Uh, the dog's name is Sarge. So you see from the perspective of the racist. Oh yeah, no, them picking out and what they, their torture is going to be. Basically, they also talk. About about throwing a rock in the house which one of the white people in the neighborhood is like no if we do that there might be kids in the house and we don't want to hurt they them. know there's kids in the house they saw them move in right and they're trying to intimidate them like i know that the this white ladies club kind of goes into the street and sets white up lawn chairs club? that's what they that's what they are like in the 50s the WLC? Beth, beth well beth holds these meetings just mm-hmm. kind of like neighborhood association yeah. meetings yeah and but they, mostly just filled with white people because that's the only people who lived there. right yeah they, helen is the person who sold this house and she didn't tell any of the people that black family was moving in because she didn't find it like odd at all she wasn't really racist but everyone else so she's is, the only one yeah and they in the they, entire community they sit outside in the street and with like these chairs and they guess sit there the whole entire time even at midnight i believe yeah um, then you like, got like white flight and stuff where people either moved out or they just harassed people yeah who moved no in. They, they were very and it very stalled heartless. desegregation it increased the wealth gap it even kept... when lucky moves her kids to the bus stop to go to school yeah like all the white kids are just staring at them well that's also a play on the desegregation of schools and how originally people would just line up and hassle kids who were literally in elementary school right. just trying to get to school yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of the little rock nine and also i believe that henry who is the father he even has a hard time at work it's not just the neighborhood like he's trying to figure out what room to go to and the assistant is why he's just not wanting to help him at all and just not really listening to his problems so yeah did you, did you like henry's character did he do a good job yeah i thought henry did a fine he's, job he's played by a guy named bashy in real life yeah i, I saw that in the credits they, they listed him as bashy because well, that's not his real name that's just his like music musician name well i needed to like look up like because when i moved the thing on amazon prime to get the name oh, i told you yeah okay, they told cool. me and uh so then basically we see by the very end that uh the, that the white people we think are the people who are supposed to have killed this dog but really gracie gets up in the middle of the night um she walks out she sees who th- who she thinks is her mom but then when the this figure gets up it's a looming figure it's very very monstrous reminded me a little bit of haunting a hill house the guy with a cane in the top mm-hmm. hat yes uh jumps towards gracie and then it cuts to black yeah, so it sounds like they've already introduced the supernatural aspect to this show, which people have commented on because it lasts throughout the series and it does have this ghost. 
Yeah, and that's that's basically. Do what you learn anything else about the? Ghost? No, we we only see its figure and we see its face. Uh, it does have a name. Seconds. Oh, I didn't. It's know like that. the man in the hat or something. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's something weird. Um, does this remind you at all of Lovecraft County because yes. country because that one also has a supernatural yes. twist? Yes, very much so. In okay. fact, I, okay. I put in here. Well, in, in the way that um, it deals with monsters mm-hmm. and they like it deals with complete racism. Um, the thing about Lovecraft Country was was that I think it was done a little bit better because it focused. I got a better sense of the characters, the main characters. That's here, been a criticism here is yeah. that the characters feel like victims, but they don't necessarily have their own central like ideology or right. Like or only figure. the only real understanding of the characters is when um, it's about twenty minutes through. Lucky is loading this gun because she's talking about how there are still people out there during midnight and henry comes up and is like look we're not going to leave because we want to have a better life and we're not going to run just because they want us to so So, some confidence right exactly um does it is there a family aspect that you feel is is strong and driving force of the show i mean with lucky and her kids yeah but i didn't see a lot of the kids and henry like there weren't a lot of scenes with them together. Maybe not in the first episode. I do know that the cast actually hung out together and they went to movies. Oh, that's cool. Because um, they had some difficult stuff to film and they wanted to feel connected. Yeah, that makes sense. But the, by yeah. the end of the episode... Um, yeah, what's the twist? Is there any sort of hook? Well, we see Lucky comes into the room and both Gracie and Ruby are there. Gracie has a mark. And they're both like, we've had the worst few days of our lives well, like, and we're just going to stay here. Well, Gracie has a mark on her neck. And then and she's like, and Lucky's like, how did you get that? And then Gracie starts talking like just completely insanity. She's like, she's in the house. She's in the house. And then Henry runs in. Was it scary? Uh, I mean, somewhat. Definitely when the ghost jumped at Gracie. That was probably the biggest fear thing that you get out of the whole episode. But then Henry learns about biggest it. Biggest jump scare. Yeah, he runs through the house trying to find whoever uh, Gracie's talking Does about. Does he have a baseball bat? Because that'd be very us, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know that would. But he goes into the basement and sees that the dog died. Um, oh. Which showed earlier on in what the episode. What was the dog's episode. name again? Uh, Sarge. And Sarge. earlier on in the episode, Gracie and Sarge, they... Uh, She's about to open this basement because Sarge keeps barking at it, but they don't go in. So by the end of the episode, you see that Sarge is in the basement, but he's died. Yeah. Um, and and then, no one knows how he got in there. Right. And he didn't die to a bone that was bleached or whatever. No, I don't think so. Um, but then that's when Lucky just loses it, takes out the gun that she has earlier on in the episode, goes out there, starts screaming, like, stay away. So All do you think this is more a show about the supernatural aspect or more a show about the neighbors? I think it's more about the neighbors. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> um, right. But yeah. she starts saying, stay away. And then all the way people see this and are like, oh my God, she's crazy. And then the family tries desperately to bring Lucky back into the house. And then it cuts to them. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. So um, we will talk about the things this r- reminds people of, like other shows we can draw in the same context. But first, I want to touch upon the reviews, which were an exhausting process to go through. Yeah. Because from the outside looking in, this has a 7 on IMDb, hmm, okay. okay, which is pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah, However, not bad. when you're talking about Amazon Prime, they own IMDb. And uh-huh. if you look at a show like Lovecraft Country, it's not, like, perfect. But we lo- you like the show a lot, Yeah, right? I really like the pilot. And it's no one's really comparing these, like, saying Lovecraft country is worse and their the lovecraft country has a 7.1 hmm. okay so it feels like there should be a bigger divide there well i think that there's a couple differences one lovecraft country kept on produced having, by hbo and it was weekly um so you kind of got a better sense of the episodes this i believe premiered the first three episodes in the first uh week yeah there. but it it came out and it was 
um, bombed by a bunch of like trolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it came out and it had like a 4.9, and then suddenly it leaped all the way to a 7. So it's just, it's hard for me with reading some of these reviews. I'll get into the other shoe that I feel like needs to drop here. What made this really tough to really form a consensus about what people thought of it is that you did read a lot of like 10 star, 10 star or user reviews who were like, this is a great thing. This is great. But then you got a lot of weird threads that actually had these difficult conversations going on. And it was hard to like pick what I really wanted to say about this show. So I'm going to give a sample of what I sort of was reading and let you take your own conclusions from it. But you'll have someone who say like comes out because this you you watch the first episode, but it gets like worse and worse what this family has to yeah, deal with. Yeah, I imagine. But to a point where people start arguing whether or not it's too bad. So someone's like, "I don't like seeing rape," right? Mm, yeah. And then someone comes back with, "Rape happens. It's unnecessary to show it so graphically. So you're saying we should just ignore it? It's exploiting something horrible for entertainment." It's representing history that has been repressed. It's taking trauma and fetishizing it. If that makes you uncomfortable, then it's tackling the issue correctly. Gratuitive violence is just torture porn. Authenticity should not be neutered down. It's not what Jordan Peele would do. (laughs) It draws straight from his work. I can't stomach it. It's provocative art. Terrorizing a family for 10 episodes straight is popular art. It's a metaphor for centuries of oppression. And this just goes back and forth and back and forth until they both end up accusing each other of being racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of politics these days. No, I think that um, I think that it's fine if you're going to bring up uh, very strong issues like rape, as long as you are showing it in a way that, even if it's gratuitous, if you're showing it in a terrible, terrible light and there's some type of justice that's delivered. Okay, well, we're not going to get into what ends up happening but there's a scene in episode five that everybody talks about some somewhat of a turning point for a lot of people who were able to watch it up until then and then some people turn off or other people who are like yeah that's when it gets real real bad um like not real bad as a show but real bad as yeah. in, like serious what happens to them man the only thing i can take away from that that i'll say that i understand the people who can't watch anymore is that when we were watching the first episode of hunters which ironically was produced by jordan peele and they were showing the holocaust that was fine but then when they started making up things the chess to make it yeah the chess game when they showed us a scene where there was just a field of these nazi soldiers having placed jews as chess pieces and murdering them depending on where they move them like a real chess game just for the sake of showing that like shock value well that's what it felt like it was doing it was just trying to create entertainment purpose It, it, it made me very upset i remember and that show also has like i don't know not the worst imdb rating i think it is getting another season as well I think it was also Emmy nominated or something. It had some type of award to it. So I don't think the people who who see something terrible happen are necessarily like some oblivious, ignorant assholes who want to whitewash history. I'm not so quick to put them in a box like that because I feel like that's the same thing I was feeling when I saw that scene portrayed that way. And the director has even said that though he was trying to be authentic and that he never went into a scene trying to make it provocative, that the fifth episode scene that everybody talks about wasn't based on any specific account of anything. It was there because it was a nightmare he'd had. Yeah. 
And I don't know how to feel about that. It's it's just an interesting, as someone who hasn't seen the show, and I don't think I will based on just the horror aspect of it. Um, yeah, it, it left me it left me questioning what you thought. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought that uh, w- with gratuitous violence, I'm fine with it because I feel like at this point I'm a little numb to it. I did feel, though, that this show, it wasn't necessarily the most compelling thing. Like, you knew that the dog was going to die right away. The second that the, the dog is at the basement, you already know that by the end of the episode, and I was hoping before because of how kind of um, cliche it is, that mm-hmm. he's going to die. Uh, yeah, and I feel the people like have to, the other criticism is that it's a little unimaginative, like it was a little predictable in that extent. And some articles have come out saying that this whole uh, genre of trauma is is kind of overplayed at this point right. for, for, from a black perspective. Yeah, to, because you want to see their characters like do something, be the main character of something that doesn't rely strictly on their race. Right, in a lot. But of... again, you have other people who feel like this brought something. To, about themselves that they didn't want to address like the all the microaggressions can, yeah. and all the yeah i can see i can see it from both sides i think that um <laughs> i think that okay probably i can really i understand the people that it's a difficult about conversation it. yeah, yeah. And the, most of the episode though is really about these white people just being as racist as they can <laughs> and coming up with ideas and remember i remember jordan peele's twilight zone that got bashed yeah like it, that it's funny how many people said that this isn't jordan peele but in the same sense, like he he did have some of those episodes that did the same thing, mm-hmm. sort yeah. of, it, and it didn't get nearly as well received. Well, I think that that's because it was an anthology series, and also was I think to it was be something earlier that worked really well. Yeah, I think it was because Twilight Zone people were expecting the Twilight Zone. Yeah, no, exactly. But here, I think if you're going to be coming in wanting to see a horror like show just straight out, I think you're going to be a little bit disappointed because this deals more with racism. And well, it, they had a therapist on set to talk to these people geez. because of everything that they were going to have to deal with and the scenes they I were don't. going on. And some of them, they, and it wasn't just the kids, but like would be crying and they wouldn't be able to like stop crying afterwards because of how tough these things were to handle there is a lot of credit given to the actors who were being raised like right. allison pill who's from uh devs was she was she beth the main character yeah, the no, main. no 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 the blonde lady in the show who's uh, i think the neighbor mm-hmm. who's betty yeah betty is that who yeah, you're talking i about? think so yeah i think it's beth and betty but i, I wrote down beth Okay, yeah, Betty's the one is her, and she, she, the, little Marvin was really happy that she came aboard because she played the part so well. Yeah, no, I think that's so I frighteningly. I, I will say that the, it's it's an odd thing to say, but the racist people that were acting reminds they, me of that SNL skit where Bobby Moynihan is playing right, such yeah, a great racist. Twelve years of slave yeah. when he's actually racist. <laughs> no, but the uh, the actors I thought did a fine job, but the the like racists were very very antagonistic, and it was awful seeing what they were going through. But I think it was important to represent it somewhat stylistically visually uh, i hear that it was the production value was off the charts yeah really good i think that one of the best parts of the episode was i told you that dale dickie shows up in the first few minutes sings a racist song one of the things that happens in the middle of the episode is lucky speaking to her youngest i believe that's also so gracie and uh gracie starts singing the same song that dale dickie was singing at the Mm -hmm. beginning and usually whenever it turned to blood red with the colorization that's when it would get really creepy and really just like uncomfortable and i thought that that was probably the best uh, part done in the whole episode because not only did it connect back to the beginning coming somewhat full circle but just the way in which like how tense that scene got lucky even slaps her daughter and it's just it, yeah it was, it was just to stop well her from singing yeah it was well done yeah yeah the uh the acting has been praised a lot though, by everyone and um 
the it's funny because when i was listening to little marvin i was expecting like this guy who because he loves horror movies mm. he'd be like kind of solemn and he was talking about how much he loved movies like carrie straw dogs deliverance uh brian de palma david lynch fan but the guy seemed like a really happy dude <laughs> like on his interviews he he was really uh almost ecstatic with like happiness that this series was made and what it represents Did and talk so about it, the music? it only it made me feel better about it i heard the music was good too yeah no they used a ton of like old songs even a michael jackson song at one point and the music was really catchy <laughs> at points and i thought that it represented kind of the neighborhood well one thing i'll give the show that my big i think the biggest thing that I did biggest right, props yeah biggest props yeah. was the tone i felt the tone the whole entire time and i thought that it was really like suspenseful but also so just one of those things where you're going to keep watching, but you don't want to because <laughs> you're going to want to see what happens. So you will watch more of the series? Uh, I mean, it depends at this point. It, he wanted to give the audience a feeling of what it feels like to be on the other side of a racist gaze, mm-hmm. like being the one who's being right, taken yeah. advantage of. And the soul-crushing like weight of reality against the American dream from the 1950s. Right, yeah that's just constantly waved in front of them mm-hmm. but sort of just like some false flag yeah i think that they mentioned it in the opening text as they before but also that's definitely what henry wants to have he's he that's his one motivation just to live the american dream with his some, family some critics have said that it would have been better if there was no supernatural aspect to it no horror well yeah you didn't really understand no, sorry no not no horror not no horror, the horror yeah. was all real like the ghost uh, you're talking yeah. about I, yeah i can understand that because again you don't get really a sense of the ghost until the very end and, mm-hmm. and you... the thing about haunting um is that like the ghosts make the story right it's all about what their connection is to the house and that it is a completely supernatural thing there's no underlying message i assume the supernatural is going to come into the future episodes but the thing is is that i think they wanted to find a way to make the dog's death make it seem like the white people did it even though the audience can kind of guess that the ghost is the one to kill the dog but I do agree where it's like, I didn't really need the ghost. The supernatural aspect seems a little bit foreign in this case because they're doing such a good job with the other stories, I feel like. Mm. He said it also could be any neighborhood. It didn't have to be Compton, but because of what, like, musically, culturally Compton has become, yeah. they wanted to... Uh, right, yeah, I understood that one. They yeah. wanted to show this as, like, something a little bit surprising to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about in the episode that we didn't cover? Uh, I think that's that's kind of it. It was just such a it was an odd show, but I, I think that the pros do outweigh the cons in this case. Cool. So you'd give it a probably like a seven and a half out of ten. Cool. All right. I, I, I will say that some scenes run a little long. Like you get the point after a certain. You extent. also have the person who created the shy in the yeah like, right. Uh, Lena uh, Waith. She was actually only brought aboard after Little Marvin had written the scripts and sent them in. And he was asked who he would like to work with, collab for this. And so I don't think she had that much hands-on to it, but she does have her name attached. So did she produce or...? She might have been an EP. Okay, yeah. But I don't think that she was one of the main... Because whenever I watched the interviews, she would either be interviewing by herself and talking about it, or it would be the cast and little Marvin and she wouldn't be there. Uh, 
Yeah, so to close out, we'll just do a little rundown of the characters. You got Lucky Emery, you got Henry Emery, who we both talked about, the husband and the wife. I think the husband starts his job, right, in this yeah, episode? Yeah, this episode, like I said, he goes into the workplace yeah. and they don't want to deal with him. And, okay, so like microaggression, not want to deal with him, or straight in his face, like we're your friend? Yeah, like the receptionist is not wanting... <laughs> you, you did say the like, receptionist. Him. But... And then there's another African-American that comes along. I think his name is Calvin, and he helps, he decides to help him with okay. it. You got uh, Betty, who we talked about, Ruby, who's the daughter, as well as Gracie. Yeah. Their relationship seemed real? Yeah. Was it odd? See, did you recognize immediately that that was no, the daughter? No, I, 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 I recognized that I knew her, so I clicked on her name right away and that I saw us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the only other show I had to compare this to um, that we haven't mentioned yet is Utopia. Because I remember in the first episode, I really liked watching it. And then I watched the rest of them and they just got severely, like, more bloody than they had yeah, to you said violent yeah like it was it was sometimes in that second episode i had to pause it to just be like oh man mm-hmm. and i feel like some reviews were talking about how this show sort of has a similar sort of trajectory and if you at all become really uncomfortable while you're watching it and then you go back to that first episode there's a lot of people who said i'm really happy i watched it but I'll never watch the first season yeah, again. That makes sense. Because it'll stick with you. It sounds like this movie that came out called Funny Games, where it's like it just got progressively worse each scene for the family that it follows. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what this show will probably fall into. But here it's more realistic because it's actual racism. And don't so. go into it expecting a happy like ending for these for this. Yeah. Family. There, there's no real sense of comedy or anything like that, or any sense that's going to get better. So it's, I don't think it's up for everyone. Well, you want to root for the main characters. Right, right. So you hope good things happen to them. But that's why I think it's been compared to like American Horror Story, which yeah, is on a lighter that. note, but yeah. um, still still not necessarily providing the same closure that, that some like Marvel movie might give you. Right. <laughs> All right. So that'll be our uh, review. Is there anything else you want to say? Oh, I do want to say that by cool. the end, uh, Henry's running around trying to find where the dog is, and she, he's also trying to find if anyone's in the house. I didn't understand why they didn't call 911. <laughs> that was one complaint Oh, because the cops are also racist, right? The cops are also racist, but if there's someone in the house, I feel like they should have at least tried to call. Again, something that if you're living in a world where everyone's out to get you, why would you call more people who might be out to get yeah. you to come in, into your house nah, and just judge you and and maybe worse, you know? So that was just one one thing. Where but I yeah, I understand what you're yeah. saying. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye.